welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? Man, I'm a little scared. It's gonna help. <laughs> I don't know if I should talk it's, to you anymore. It's, it's going to come and come back. It's our, you, you don't like my Hannibal Lecter uh, little, intro. I'm a little scared. <laughs> Makes me worry about you. You know where I live. Well, we're we're two days from Halloween here. By the time the listeners hear this, Halloween will have passed. But uh, oh, I thought I'd do we're, it. We're in the we're I, in the time for it. I almost scrapped the goofy voice intro, but I thought I could do a Halloween one. Well, that was good. So, so how's it going, man? How how was your? Uh, did you guys go camping last weekend? Oh man, it was it was okay. I mean, yeah, it's kind of kind of crappy weather for that. It was that, terrible weather. It was it? horrible weather. I yeah. I, I went. I know up here it was all it was all cold and rainy. So yeah, I spent the weekend inside uh, uh, painting doors all all day Saturday. Oh, so Sunday. you were high just, the whole weekend? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean it's latex paint. It's just <laughs> it's just a kind of tedious, arduous kind of thing. But it's it's nice. I got to you know catch up on my podcasts and uh, all that good stuff. Well, twice a year we but, we uh, several families, family friends, and stuff do um, a camping thing the families all get out there and it's always usually a really great time just like i said you only see these people twice a year for the most part trotsky's sure. are one of them friend of the show and um the uh it depends it's always on mother's day weekend and it's always on sometime late in the fall around like fall breakage time and the, they do that mm. so you don't have like the bugs and the, the heat and stuff like that but you, it's, it, okay, it's sure. always that it runs the risk of it being rainy, too. Those are the spring and fall seasons. Yeah. Th- there's a reason that the tourism season in the U.S. is Memorial Day to Labor Day. Exactly. And and they everything's yeah. cheaper if you're outside of that window, but that you do that at your own risk. Yeah. And that's and that's why we choose it, too. You know, it's also to getting 10 different families or so together. It's hard to get, you know, book oh, camping yeah. sites. But it's easier during those times. So anyway, that we do those twice a year, and this one is in October. It was, you know, last weekend, and it rained. It got like below freezing, I think, at night. I could see my breath in the tent, mm. and um, it poured rain. Sid and I were gonna go and excited to go on Friday, but it poured rain, and I did not want to set up the tent in the rain, cold rain in the dark. So we decided to go wait until Saturday. We went to Turkey Run State Park here in Indiana, and that was very fun. And we did a ton of um, hiking and rock climbing and tons of yeah. Cool I saw some pictures. Stuff. It looked like you guys had had at least some some fun times. Oh no, it was great. Like when when during the day it got just light jacket weather and like I said, no bugs, no heat, no sweating except for you know doing the the hard hiking. Um, Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. and doing a million steps, which was kind of cool, up in, in ladders. <laughs> so, but it was it was it was fun. That part was fun. And then at night we came back and we did trick or treating around the camp thing, and that was fun as well. We were all gnomes. Um, and then I saw that were those were those a, uh, a specific gnome reference? No, it was just we decided it was kind of a an easy thing that all the families could kind of just do cheap gotcha stuff. gotcha so we, we did beards and hats and stuff like that and and the kids all went triggered yeah i saw the pictures it, it was fun and that was fun and then sydney decided to go with all the kids and she was going to ride on a skateboard and fell and broke her arm so 
Oh, what? Yeah, that changed the whole thing. That's no good. She's such an amazing kid yeah. and a big trooper that she was like, um, she was kind of, oh, dad, I just want to let you know I fell on, fell on my arm and I'm taking it easy. She was just so chill about it. And <laughs> then I was like, okay, keep me appraised. And, um, you know, about a half hour later, she's like, you know, I'm, it's hurting a little bit. I'm going to go lay down. I, I, I think I'm just going to stay around the fire. I was like, okay. And I was at the fire and all of a sudden, half an hour later, and she's not there. I asked around. She went back to the tent. I went to the tent and she's just kind of sitting there again, trying to be like a, a big, brave girl. And I'm like, no, babe, it's okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if it's a sprain. We decided to sit and watch Ready Player One in the tent and then Infinity War. And she was kind of hurt and it wasn't, it was just as the night was going on, it was getting worse. And then it started raining and then it got really cold. And we stuck it out through the night, woke up in the morning and it was still pouring down. And I, took everything and just threw it in the trunk of the car and headed to the hospital and then spent the rest of the day getting her splint on. So hmm. she may have to have a cast on Tuesday. I don't know. We're going to find out tomorrow morning. And, uh, so it's not really a good news type thing, but or a good times thing, but, uh, camping was fun for a point and then bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all good. It happens. Kids, kids do these things, you know, she was so worried about like, sure. She was so worried about sure. like, Oh, I, it was so wrong of me to, I should have known better than to get on a skateboard and I'll never do that again. I was like, no, what you should do is once you get done and the doctor clears, you get back on a skateboard <laughs> again and try it again. And if you fall and break your arm, you mm. fall and break your arm. It's- yeah. That, um, th- that definitely was not, was not me as a kid. I, uh, some somewhat naturally and, and somewhat inherited, you know, the whole nature nurture thing because my dad, um, is, is, generally very cautious especially when it comes to his kids he's maybe not as cautious himself but uh he's got fear of heights agoraphobia that that like i do uh, and and so i know that it's not it's not all from him because my brother david is has a completely different relationship with fear than than i do um but yeah i've never broken any bones the closest i had was like what I thought might have been a fracture that was probably just a sprain or something when I was a kid sledding down a hill. Um, I was in a sled and I bailed out and went foot first into a tree stump. Oh, wow. Yikes. And like I walked on crutches for a day or two and then was fine. So it wasn't, wasn't, that's not too bad. Anything too major, but uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I've never also have been very fortunate knocking on wood here um, to <laughs> not have any kind of a broken bone of any kind. I, I had a broken toe, I guess. I came out, ran out of the house and stubbed it on a pipe and the toenail oh. fell off. But that, w- that wasn't really, I wouldn't call that much of anything. But I did, um, Sure. probably the weirdest injury that I had to speak about, it wasn't it's a weird kind of injury, is that I was, you know, you ride bikes as a kid, those 20-inch bikes. And I was running, ride it through a field. And there was a hole, and um, in in I don't know, like it would be like a pot hole, uh, sized hole, and um, it was in the grass, long grass, so I couldn't see it. And then the 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 handlebars did like a ninety degree turn, and that's back when the the handlebars were metal, and then the ends were always frayed, so that it was literally like a pipe just hanging out the side, and it went, went oh sure when sure, I went ninety yeah. degrees, it went straight into my stomach. Like that could have like seriously pierced. Uh. And thankfully I just had a nice ringed like cut there instead of it piercing mm. my stomach. And uh, it was, you know, I look back at it now and think, holy crud, that would have been 
absolutely terrible. Well, yeah, that was that was like me falling off that bike in Ireland. I told yeah, story right. A couple a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, I'm in my mid 30s, going over a bike. Like, I could have very easily just died, oh, or it, or at least like broken something. Right. I didn't even break my phone. Did you stand up like I'm good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. No problem. Oh no, no. I mean, I laid there <laughs> for a while. And, kind of groaned and, right. and slowly got you know i was adrenaline and everything so i just had to walk the bike for a while like, oh. yeah yeah well anyway i don't want to i don't want to spend the whole show <laughs> swapping battle stories but um let's see what do we got here let's let's go ahead and jump right into um last week's uh back to the challenge wait a minute doc uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Sweet. I like these challenges. This was this was your pick. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what's it? What's it? Back to the challenge. Just tell our our, our new listeners here. Uh, back to the challenge is where we pick a movie that one or both of us have seen at some point in the past, generally like at least five to ten years ago. Um, though there's no like hard and fast rule for that. Often it's a film that only one of us have seen, and so. One of us is watching it to see if it holds up, and the other's watching it for the first time to kind of fill in holes in their personal movie lexicon. Yeah. But um, in this case, it's a movie we both saw. Uh, Edward Norton, Jessica Biel, uh, The Illusionist. No, I hadn't seen this one. I had not seen this. Oh, you hadn't? No. This is one of the reasons okay. I picked it. Because I knew that I think you said you had, and I had not. Okay, you you'll have a different take on this than I will. Then I, di- I didn't realize that. Um, it's not to be confused with a movie that came out close to the same time called The Prestige. With um, was David Bowie in that? No, Am not I David Bowie. It was having a fever dream. Yeah, you have a definitely have a what fever t- dream. That was um, what was? No, it was, uh, was Christian Bowie Bale. Or no, it was wasn't there a movie Christian Bale or Hugh Jackman? One of the two. I think it was Hugh Jackman. Definitely Hugh Jackman. I mean. The- those are different guys, so I don't yeah, know. no, it's it's because I remember last week I, I called crazy. it uh, Wolverine versus the Hulk. Right, right. Uh, so okay, this... my my friend uh, Libby had recommended this uh, us to watch this one for several different reasons, but she had asked me to compare uh, the Prestige to the Illusionist, and I was like, "Well, I haven't seen I haven't seen that one." Um, okay, it, and so so maybe just... you can do that. And it's actually Christian Bale. Just as an aside, uh, David Bowie was in the Prestige. He, wait, what? David Bowie? He he's he's he plays Tesla. Oh, and Hugh Jackman, who's a, who's a side and Christian character. Bale. They're all in it. Okay, so we got we got it, it all right. right. I was, we were right all across the board. Let's add, let's throw in some uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson and Michael Caine as well. We'll throw Black right, Widow right. and and uh, Alfred. So we've got what do we got? We got Wolverine, right. Batman, Alfred. Black Widow and David Bowie, <laughs> <laughs> Tesla, Nikola Tesla. Well, I got to watch that um, movie. And that that one's a that one's a Christopher Nolan movie. Okay, so so also. you'll have to uh, I, so when you talk so about it's, this, it's, compare it for me. Will you like do that comparison between the Prestige and the Illusionist? Um. So anyway, this movie. Uh, do you want to try and? So, as always, for the benefit of the listeners, I, I feel like every week we do a spoiler warning, and anybody who listens to this show knows we would know. Yes, we're, we're not even care. We, we don't even about. care about you, and you are not watching things. Uh, Edward Norton, Jessica Biel, Paul Giamatti, and a handful of other people that I recognized from other like 
um english uh like bbc costume dramas and yeah. stuff like that um very young eleanor tomlinson from uh that that i more recently know from poldark um the series with uh aiden quinn from the hobbit one of the dwarves uh but she's in the flashback she's young sophie okay uh do you want to try and summarize this sure this plot it's not it's not super sure. it's a, it's a well, whatever Go it's ahead. a how done it kind of kind of how done it romance slash political thing <laughs> in the victoria stuff uh the 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 summary is that a a magician comes to town an illusionist, sorry, and he does amazing acts that everyone likes in high society. This is in, um, it's Venetian. What is that? What's this? Uh, no, Austria. Austria. Yeah, it's it's an Austrian country, and um, of course they speak English accents, and uh, which Edward right. Norton's doing a great English accent in a Venetian thing. Or a, they're uh, not. They're not quite. They're, I think they're trying to do Austrian accents, but it's. I don't. It doesn't seem quite right yeah but it's, I don't, it's i wouldn't really not so know great he, he'd be speaking like arnold la most of the time right <laughs> but the but anyway it's, it's um so it's in austria he it's a uh an illusionist comes to town he is doing stuff he has a, a history with the girl that he that he felt that he loved when he was young and he sees her and at the show she is like um affianced to some powerful count or prince of the kingdom who is trying to overthrow his father the emperor the prince yeah he's the heir to the throne yeah and uh, he's trying to overthrow his father earlier and he has to use her to do it but she loves him um she dies she gets killed by him supposedly and then the illusionist is distraught well, she dies in an she dies in an accident but uh, it's uh, unknown yeah it's it's very nefarious and that's that's the how how done it type thing because um the illusionist gets distraught tells the inspector who happens to be paul played greatly by paul giamatti and who is kind of corrupt, but kind of not. He is definitely under the thumb of the prince. Uh, mm-hmm. But he uh, also has the side that he kind of like, you know, is kind of a good guy. So the illusionist comes back with the new act that he can uh, supposedly talk to the dead. And uh, he brings back, everybody believes him. He brings back his dead girlfriend slash the, the prince's murdered person. And then they freak out. The prince shoots himself. And then you find out, oh, it was a big setup. And she's still alive. And then it's there's a 10 second, maybe 15 second, like, oh, this is how it, this is how it happened. Montage. Mm. So that's the illusionist. Yes? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, weird. I, I, I liked it, but I don't know. I, li- I liked I liked it. It's it says it has a lot of my plot points. It's it's a romance. I like romance stuff with this period pieces. Um, I like how how you done it. I, I like those a lot. I'm trying to mm-hmm. figure it out um, and the neat ways that they did a good job of like okay this could be plausible how it happened. Um, I like the story of overthrowing the bad guy. Um, I didn't like. I'm not a big fan of Edward Norton. He's just okay. Um, Jessica Biel was just a filler. Mm. I like Paul Giamatti. He's always good. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think Rufus Sewell who plays the, the crown prince and I think that's his name. Um, and Paul Giamatti are really the, are really the, the actors who carry this. I agree. And, and the script is fine. 
it's it's all okay. It does some stuff, and you're right. Paul Giamatti's got some great lines when he's he's playing that that on the line inspector, and I mm-hmm. I liked how he uh, how it all works at the end with the orange tree, and he's explaining it to him. But the the magic the the disappointing part to me on this one was that the magic was very much like a side thing. It didn't they didn't it felt like CG. Like they never explain, oh, how he did something cool or whatever. It was like, oh, it's just it's just magic, which now led it to you to think, oh, it's just movie magic, not real magic. Yeah, like there's some of the magic that he explains, and that's actually pretty cool. But then there's some of it that you're like, yeah, this really bends the bends the limits of of credulity at this at this in this era. It's set like I want to say like 1900. Yeah. Like there are trains and carriages, but there are no cars, and it's, you know, obviously pre World War One. Otherwise, a movie set in Vienna would be, uh, would be very different. Yeah. Um. And so they have like, they have movie projection technology already, but you're still like, yeah, the when when he has like the ghosts walking around. Yeah. I mean, they still like, can't do okay. it today. They can't do that today. Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. How could they do it back? Even a magician do it back then, and the magicians can't do it now. So that I that, mean, I got there, hung are, up on there are certain things. Like when I was a kid, I read a book about um, a guy who he either was right before or right after the actual Houdini. Um, and they described things where, like, uh, he'd be on stage, and the backdrop was velvet, and then he would have a like a panel, like a changing partition covered in velvet in front of the, the backdrop of the stage. Yeah. Um, but because it was a, a dark theater with gaslight, which might be why that expression is called gaslighting, but like, like candles and gaslights, like it was dark, like there were lights but there was really a limit to how much they could light a room without electricity. Yeah. And so they could do things like he holds up a bright red cloak and has a person standing there. And then when he, when he drops it, they've, they've stepped behind that partition, but nobody can tell because it's so dim. The lighting is so dim. And so there's a little bit of that kind of stuff where you're like, yeah, the, the lack of technology actually helps in that case with some of these illusions. Yeah. Um but yeah, this this for me, I enjoyed this a lot when it first came out. I preferred it to the other one, which um did you say you, you haven't seen the prestige, seen prestige either? Okay. Well that's um it's a Christopher Nolan movie, so it has a similar kind of like strange ending, but it's much stranger than this. This is like a fairly straightforward, like combination love story heist with some magician illusionist stuff this one is um the the illusionist yeah, yeah. and and this one the the i felt the the magic was not necessarily needed it kind of was but it wasn't the main part of anything yeah it's a little bit more like a um i don't know what you call this genre of film like uh we've talked about this in the past like um usual suspects which i don't know if yeah. you've seen yeah um memento another another nolan film um these movies that like a major component of the plot is this is this mystery this 
not necessarily twist ending, but this big reveal. Um, and I usually love that. I loved it here. Yeah, I and I do too, but I think it can it really really affects the rewatchability of a movie. Yeah. Um sometimes um you can sometimes knowing what the what the reveal is and watching it again enables you to pick out all of the foreshadowing at least for me oh yeah like the Um, memento was definitely that way right it was great that way yeah um and then others you're like okay well i already know and so it's not like i honestly and it might have just been the time of day that we were watching it but um i was (laughs) i was not quite nodding off but i was pretty close to nodding off in the in the third act of this of this movie sure um I think because I already knew, you know, it's been at least 10 years. I knew that she wasn't dead and that we were just, you know, chewing scenery until we could get to the big reveal. Yeah. You know, you know, what got me here was I, I, there was some bad misdirectorial misdirection here. Um, and that, I, I felt okay. that, that she, when, when she came to him and they kissed and that they found each other once more and they made love and then they woke up and, just, and then all of a sudden he hatched this plan, like, here's how we can get you out of this. And I thought that's when it happened. But according to the really quick 30 second reveal, they had been playing this for a long time. And like ever since he came and got the sword well before they met. And after they met, and just tons of times, but yet all we see of them interacting is is as if they had just seen each other for the first time in many years. Mm-hmm. And they even talk that way. I haven't seen you. Where have you been? What's been going on? I was like, okay, if you're telling me in this reveal that they've been planning this since he got the sword and pulled the gems out, and they both were in on it, then they would have had this conversation before. It wouldn't have been like a first-time conversation. I, I think we're supposed to think that it's been his plan since even before he got to town like that's why he's in town oh is that right but that she, that that she you know he filled her in later in the i think that's that's my but really from that from that lovemaking scene on i was like oh yeah i remember how this goes yeah um and and it, f- it felt like the pace really slowed down and i kind of lost lost it a little bit yeah so but it's, I mean, it's still good, um, but uh, I don't, I don't know. If I watched The Prestige again, I might, I might agree that that is the stronger of the two. But I think it has a similar sort of, you know, it's a very common Nolan thing where it, it all, it all um, hinges on the big reveal. Yeah, that, that would be good to, that would actually be good for me to watch that one and compare it because, um the reveal is the most important part. I mean, it really is to these movies. And and this one, it didn't fall flat because it, every one of the beats it quickly did in its 30 seconds, it did show you, okay, this is, there was a drop in the, in the, to make her feel like she's dead there. They planted the, the gems. This is when he got the, so they quickly explained every little bit and how they set it up. But it was just like, they quickly showed it to you. They didn't narrate it. They didn't, you know, it was just like, Oh yeah. Not like the, um, and they do the thing uh they they do this in other movies. I don't want to spoil any ones that you haven't seen, but it's like it's it's 
audio flashbacks and sort of a little bit of visual flashback just in the sense of like there's one person figuring i mean and it's paul giamatti and his reactions as they do this you know really low camera angle and he runs in his mind through all of this stuff and it's uh right but but see and and it's all that way unlike a movie like um oceans 11 where it's sort of it's sort of dragged out and dragged out and then narrated not really narrated but like um Brad Pitt is literally explaining everything that they've done to um Andy Garcia and um and then like you know you get past that and it wasn't even this they actually did it an hour before and whatever and none of that really matters because that movie is mostly about the the dialogue and the banter kind of like um kiss kiss, kiss, bang, kiss bang bang, bang. Yeah. we watched uh, you know the week. the the best kind of how it how do they do it um, shows are the ones that give you all the answers and they give you all the pieces right there. You just, if, if you were smart, you could have put them all together. Um, but if, if you don't, you're like, Oh, now they were all there. And now I see they were. Um, but this one, I don't think gave you all of the pieces. I don't think it gave you any of the pieces. Really. Harry Potter was always one that, that got me with that. Is that they, they, they expect you to know who Voldemort is at the end, but they never give you any clues. Um, mm. and, and this one put a, they put a gem on her body, but they never like showed the sword had gems or they never, you know, really gave you any kind of inclination that, that they had green and red gems on them, nor did they, um, maybe, I mean, he handles the sword. He does, at but, the, but at it's, the party, but the, 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 so it's, the, the show yeah. doesn't like show you anything. Like that doesn't give you any kind of clue with that. They also don't say things like there was a weird substance found on the body, you know, like, Oh, that could be the potion that she drank or something. They, they never give you right. any reason to know that she would not be dead. Right. Right. And then when, when he shows you all the things that, that they did, there was never any way you would have known that. And I don't know how Paul Giamatti figured it out just by standing there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's something in the notes um that gives it away yeah i don't know maybe i have to rewatch that but anyway that that's my thing is that i think that these these successful how do they do it once when they do the reveals it's got to be like oh i saw that the whole i was right there in front of me and i just didn't get it you know yeah um so maybe the prestige would be interesting to watch that one and see see how that one does it um, but yeah I, I i generally do like these kind of movies and I like the romance stuff. I like the good, good overcoming evil. That's always definitely winners in my book. Horny that way. Sure, sure. I don't, I don't know particularly what his beef was with the prince. Yeah, he, well, like, clearly he's just a com- bad guy. Maybe com- completely undermined his uh, his social standing. Yeah, uh, I, I was mentioning this to Libby today. Was that um, it wasn't just about love. This was not a thing about love because if it was about getting her and her coming to him, then they could have just left after she died. They could have been like, he retired from being distraught and left. But he had to drive the prince insane to kill himself. Right? Yeah, he he literally gaslighted him. Yeah, he totally did. Uh, and yeah, they literally gaslighted him. Nice. That's funny. Um, that's funny. Yeah, so it was, it was clearly about overthrowing the evil guy as well as getting the girl. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, or or her when he did it. Yeah, so right. so what do we got? What are we doing? We got Halloween coming up. What do we got for our? Uh, it's your week. What's our next challenge here, dude? All right, so I'm I'm doing something completely different. Uh-oh. Um, different is good. Uh, 
change is good. Yeah. So this is a this is a, a one once a year once a year segment, and that I hopefully remember when when Halloween 2019 rolls around and we're still doing this podcast. Our first annual front porch spooktacular challenge. Spooktacular challenge. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I I picked two. By the way, I'm gonna have Barry edit that out. Because I couldn't, uh, I couldn't um, decide. Okay. So for I, I went old and new. So it's a, like the wedding rhyme, though that was not intentional. Um, <laughs> Do we have to get something borrowed in blue as well? Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, so the classic Disney movie, um, Bette Midler, and what's her name from Sex and the City? Oh, okay. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Okay. Okay. I've not Netflix seen that one. Now, I think I've not seen it. Everyone, or else it's not on it. Netflix. You, you'll you'll have to rent it. But okay. I saw it back in the day, and I don't know how well it holds up. It was on somebody's like top ten movies to watch at Halloween, and I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to watch Freddy or Jason or Chucky or any of this other nonsense. But uh, I'll watch Hocus Pocus again. You know, ne- next year when we have this challenge, then uh, it's going to be my turn, and I'm going to have us watch uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's that's my annual must-watch Halloween show. Which one? Nightmare Before Christmas. Man, that's a Christmas movie. Is it? See, that's the big debate. Is it a Christmas <laughs> movie or is it a Halloween movie? I put it at a Halloween movie. But, I see, I see. But honestly, it's, so, it's in between, right? Because, you know, it happens after Halloween and before Christmas. So. Yeah. And so just to just to add on to the, to the challenge of the challenge... Mm. Um, I thought we'd try something brand new because I see so many banners for it every time I open up Netflix. Um, the new Sabrina series, the Teenage Witch. The, I I think so. Um, it's um. We are find the witch. Might we burn? Huh? It's keeping with the witch theme. Um, episodes are an hour long, so I thought we'd just try the first one and oh. see see what we think of it. It's um. I'm probably not going to pronounce this right. Kiernan Shipka. The daughter from uh, Mad Men. I've not seen Mad Men. Is the so. is the lead in that? Um, so yeah, we'll. What's 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 this about? Is it a, is it a is it a campy like show that Sabrina the Teenage Witch was? I'm, I'm going into it blind. Okay, I, I have no idea other know. than the like that she's in it and it's about witches and that's Halloween. Ma- high high schoolers or maybe even younger than that. Um, I don't know how old she is, but hey, what what is your um. Well, I got you here on the subject of this. What, what is a what is a Halloween movie that I mean? I know I, we've talked about in the past here on the show about you know horror movies not being either of our cup of tea with jump scares and everything. But, sure. But what's one uh, a, either a horror movie or a scary movie in the past that you watched that you liked? So most of the ones I've seen, um, I, w- I went through a phase of watching horror movies like 17 to 19, somewhere there around. Um, and so I watched like some of the scary movies, which are completely campy, uh, you know, parodies and the whole Scream trilogy, mm. which is which is also a little bit uh I don't know what the adjective form of parody is, but um, 
those. Uh, did you watch that scary the, I know movie what you, parody? I know what you did last summer. Yeah, scary movie and most of its sequels, though I think they're still making those. I think <laughs> I only saw like three of them. Um, I think they're Wayans productions, so you know they're going forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, something that I saw somewhere in like a movie browsing thing recently that I remember being very good, but I don't know if it holds up is um what lies beneath with michelle pfeiffer Mm, okay um that was one of those one of those thrillers i've actually maybe seen more of those than i realized because i also watched one with johnny depp dang you Um, you you've got a repertoire of scary movies uh, the the so as the as the horror movie interest waned like i kept interest in stephen king and so i often would like read though there's a short list of things that i've both read and seen the movie of um of his one of those is the shining and having read the shining completely ruined my ability to enjoy the movie right creator who hates his creation it was nowhere near as as terrifying as the book was yeah um but the the Johnny Depp one was a was a Stephen King thing, and so there was a time there was a time where I was watching uh, uh, Stephen King movies and reading some of his books, which are uh, you got you got a favorite terrifying. you got a favorite Stephen King movie? Um, but it's hard to say. Dark Tower? No, that's I <laughs> see you didn't um, like that one that much. I, I mean, it it was okay. I, you know, I went into it with incredibly low expectations because I'm like, this was a series of like 13 books. There's no way they're covering that in a 90 minute film. <laughs> Which they did not, by the way. No, no, not at all. Um, but I thought if you've never read the books and you just want a little bit of what this character in this world is about, this movie sort of does it okay. Mm, okay. Um, I remember Green Mile being very good. That's not a Halloween movie. Oh, that's our Stephen King. That's a Stephen King. You said Stephen King. I know. I I, I, I jettisoned you out to the side here. So, I don't know. um, um, Really, in in that genre, I think, for me, stuff that I would recommend is stuff that is campy in some way. Like um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil was (laughs) very funny. Um, (laughs) Alan Tudyk in there. That's a cult. what else? Like at the even the Evil Dead stuff. Uh, you know, I've seen a couple of those. I I never got as into them as as some people seem to be. But uh, I did consider that for our challenge because there's a there's a series, a new series based on that. But I thought I'd stick with the witch theme. That that's that's a good choice. What um, about you? Any you got any horror movies that you? "Quote unquote," enjoyed well enough to uh, to recommend. Yeah, I, I don't I don't watch a ton, but I do I do like um, I will say one that got me. The, I think Halloween movies or horror movies in general are, are are very situational movies. Again, if you're in the mood in the right spot, they can be great. Sure, otherwise they're not. And and one that hit me at the right time. This is kind of embarrassing. It's going to go on record now that I'm saying this. Where <laughs> that got me was the Blair Witch Project. Um, it was mm. just, it was the first when they were doing shaky cam stuff, you know, like real mm-hmm. footage, found footage type stuff. It was one of the first. Um, and, you know, I camped a lot in the in the winter, not in the winter, but in the fall. And 
I've been out in the woods when it's spooky out there in Indiana, and it's it's a scary place when you're walking <laughs> in the woods at night. It really is. So going out there, to, you know, getting lost in the woods. You, I've been, I've done that as a kid, gotten lost, and it's you know, sure, you think a sure. little witch could come over anywhere out of the nowhere. So I was, I was a grown ass adult even watching this movie, but I was, <laughs> I was in in my house. Uh, I was younger. I, my wife and kid were out of town and I just started to sit and watch it Halloween weekend. And it was definitely one of the nights where the wind was blowing and the, you could hear it outside, you know, creaking and stuff. And I was the only one in the house, all the lights off and I got spooked. Like I watched it. I was like, Oh man, I just got the creeps about being in the house all by myself. Sure. Sure. So yeah. I, you know, I can't watch those shows though in the theater. Like I, I don't, I don't get hmm. scared with people around. You know what I mean? I just don't. I could see that. I could see that going both ways. Um, the sort of reactions of the people around you sort of being part of that experience. I don't know. I don't think, well, in college I saw a couple, because as I mentioned previously, the theater would do free movie nights. And so I saw like Freddy vs. Jason and like Mothman yeah. Prophecy and a bunch of those like, because there were only two movies, and if I had seen the other one, then I'd watch whatever. Because that was also right in the time when I was still watching horror movies. That's when The Ring came out and all of that stuff. Well, the when um, I was when I was a kid, um, it was Chucky and um, uh, Pumpkinhead. Like those were I, I could watch Freddy versus Jason. I knew what to expect. They're they're the classic formula of people running away. They're completely dumb and stupid and. Oh, and there's always a couple that's making out and getting ready to have sex, and then he comes and kills them. I mean, it's it's always those kind of things. But like Pumpkinhead and Chucky were just terrifying, just terrifying. Sure. And and I couldn't watch but a little bit of him. All of a sudden, this doll turns around and he's just, you know, got a murder axe or a knife. And uh, but anyway, those, that 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 that's definitely my uh, you know, uh, Halloween type. I guess I watched Scream, it's like the original Scream, and that was that was almost a, a whodunit type thing, right? Who is the the killer? Sort of. That was like I watched. I definitely watched those. Those were more like like homages. They were more movies about movies than uh, I mean, a little bit again. It, like it was. Bang Bang. It really was. Um, they were horror movies about horror movies. It, um, it really was. Um, because Which sort of sort of affected the way that I looked at film for most of my uh, like twenties <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> uh, right? Just kind of you know, just a more like your average person doesn't talk about movies the way that real film enthusiasts do. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, they don't use terms like trope and I don't know, like our whatever. like our, our buddy Fox does. He knows. He knows all the. the or, terms. or like we do, we talk about movies enough. I don't think our, at least for me, my my depth of knowledge isn't quite there on some things like, you know, who directed what and whatever. But it's just a just a different way of looking at the art form and the way things are made and um, the different decisions. The, the meta of uh, it, the meta game of sure, it. Sure. Yeah. The, right. How the sausage is made, as they say. <laughs> right. Um, so, talking about something, I wanted to. To just briefly sidetrack as you were talking about uh 
the experience of watching things in theaters. Um, one of the podcasts I listened to, they were talking about The Big Lebowski. And one of the, the hosts on that show lives in Austin, Texas. And down there, they've got the um, Alamo Drafthouse, mm-hmm. very famous theater chain. Right. And they they apparently, it. yeah, they apparently do a thing every so often um, where they will show Big Lebowski, and they probably do this with a handful of other films. But it's in a format that they call quote-along. Um, okay. So what, one of the things Alamo Drafthouse is famous for, at least when I first heard of them, is a very strict, like, no phone, whatever, policy. Like, m- more strict about behavior in the theater than uh, than your average theater okay but for these they go complete the other completely the other way where the viewers are encouraged to quote the movie along with the movie really and for the host of the show he was like he's like i am not at all interested in that experience i wish that they would show it in a normal movie watching experience but i wanted to mention that and see what your what your hot take on it was do you think that would be fun it's like Princess Bride or something that you have seen a hundred times and uh or Monty Python the Holy Grail. Oh, um I think that'd be fun. I think I I think I've I have definitely experienced I, I like watching shows that have been re-released and and with the people that are there to watch it again be re-released and you're with with your fellow compatriots watching this kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um I I m- my most favorite ones that I can mention are Watching the when the Hobbit came out, I watched, there was the marathon at the movie theater of all of the Lord of the Rings before then, and then the Hobbit, mm. um, and which was great. And then my biggest marathon was when the first Avengers came out. They showed all of the Marvel movies up to that point, and it was like a twelve-hour type thing. Um, sure. And and we, you're watching it with tons of people that that have watched these movies over and over again, like myself, and they're all still cheering for the parts or saying the you know the, the cool one-liner things too. It's kind of fun. I mean, it's it's you know what we talked about it maybe last week or the week or two with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where people mm-hmm. go. It's it's a it's an environment that you're going and you're all singing along with those songs and. Yeah, I think that's definitely how that experience is. I've never experienced it, but yeah, no, that's that's right, and and that's uh that's part of the the charm of it. They you know Disney does uh, periodically release in theaters the the sing along movies. Like if you watch, uh, there was Frozen sing along. And it's frozen with all the words underneath it, with the little like karaoke oh, type with the, stuff, with the bouncing ball kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, and the, and it's the That's kids funny. love go watching it, and they'll all sing along to it while sure, it's going. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool thing. It's giant, funny that we don't group do that karaoke. a lot. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. We've got a. I think we've got a movie theater here in town that I probably have never been to or don't know that they where they occasionally show reruns, and I should patronize that more often yeah i think the the more rundown theater on the east side of bloomington does stuff like rocky horror and uh and those things i mean when they just don't advertise them enough i, I would have loved i know that last year sure. or this year at some point it was, actually it was this last summer they showed the goonies at white river state park mm. and i would have loved to go and watch the goonies i just don't know that these are happening sure you know, or, or when star wars was re-released it was a big it was a big thing like we're you know they're 30th or 25th anniversary or whatever they were re-releasing them remastered on IMAX and and I went and I made a point to go watch those and let me tell you that experience was so fun watching the theater of old school Star Wars fans who episode one wasn't even out then yet and 
seeing well, yeah. it on screen for for me for the first time on the big screen was a great experience. So, yeah, I watched those when they did the when they did the remasters. Yeah, um, it took took like a month or more for them to get to our theater in a small town because that's how things were back whatever that was like twenty years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching an, an IMAX. I, there was things, little things that you don't notice. I mean, seriously, I cannot even count. I literally cannot count how many times I watched Star Wars, all all three of the, the original movies. <laughs> and and I mean, I wore the VCR tape out, people. I'm I'm not exaggerating. It it got thin. I couldn't wear anymore. Um, right. And um, but watching it in IMAX, I could see things like in the Millennium Falcon when Chewie is playing. Um, you know the chess monster chess thing with R two. Mm-hmm. He uh, or he or C three PO R two. And he's up in the behind him. There's in the Millennium Falcon. There's storage bins with like pillows in them and stuff. And I just you don't see it on the small fuzzy screen that you saw before little screen. Oh, but you watch on these huge screens, you can see all of the little details of the sets and the little you know bits and bobs that some. It's where um. It's where Ray hides those books. It, it, right, the right, the books and the, it, it's just those little things that I think that people don't think about that set designers put in and. Somebody came to work today and put little books in a corner and sure, you know, put a Moby Dick and on the on the shelf and mm-hmm. nobody else notices it, but you watch it in IMAX and oh look, there's a, a Moby Dick book in the corner there. So. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah I enjoy those. I enjoy free runs and everyone being able to go together and talk and encourage it. Did you um just a pivot slightly here? Um, did you get a chance to watch that uh, that Star Trek Discovery short, that first first I one. I did, of those. I did, and and I got to apologize to you, Mister Star Trek man, um, that I did not watch it sooner. I know you watched it right when it came out. And we should have. Well, re- relatively, I think it was less than. I mean, I didn't hear. I it's the classic thing for me. I don't. Uh, I don't read a lot of news or anything. I learned about it from a web comic, oh. and uh, went and went and checked it out. Well, the. I it's it's on me that that we haven't talked about this sooner because um, you and I watched Discovery and we talked about it on the show in our first several episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the things that we we hyped about and I don't know retrospective on Discovery. How, how do you feel about it? It's been a year. Um, it's it's not bad, but after having watched the Orville and getting getting in and seeing some uh some voyager and some deep space nine um it feels very it feels like something very different than star trek it does feel very different i agree with that it, it feels which, very new which is it feels not, very new trek is not to say that it's bad like it's an interesting story an interesting world i like the you know in the same way that i have no problem with the, the so-called kelvin verse of them just you know, rebooting the timeline for the, for the Chris Pine movies. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a, it's just, a, it's just, it's just its own thing. Like I, you know, I obviously really like Star Trek. We talk about it a lot on the show, but I recognize its flaws. Um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a utopian future and it's kind of tricky to tell stories with any kind of tension in a utopian future. And it's also a TV show that made something like 600 episodes or something. That's too many. It's, it's probably closer to like 
three or four hundred, but um, like there's a ton of it, and it can't possibly all be good. Like there are episodes where Worf devolves into a lizard, or uh, McCoy <laughs> drives Spock around with a remote control. Like <laughs> it, it was sci-fi. It ran for a long time, and there are a lot of really terrible, goofy episodes. Um, and so, you know, I don't mind when something like something like Discovery veers way off of that course. Like it's a it's a new thing. Maybe it's maybe it it it's sort of the same reason that I like the Orville. Like the Orville in tone is very different from Star Trek. Like the people are still getting hungover and having personal <laughs> conflict. Um, but like the core format of like episodic travel around and you know, have some sort of uh, allegorical questions or, um, you know, meet up an alien of the week kind of thing is very, um, it's very in keeping with the style of the, the 90s era uh, Next Generation Voyager D Space Nine Star Trek. Yeah, I, I, I had the same kind of feeling about Discovery is that um, uh, it, it's, I think it's good. I'm happy for it. I'm happy. I'm happy that it, it exists. Um, I'm I'm happy when season two that's coming up is gonna is gonna air. I, I will I will not just watch it with trepidation. I will watch it with you know <laughs> gusto and, and excitement to watch it because it's a good it's a good thing for for what it is. Um, I like every time I go watch a new Star Trek movie, even Nemesis when it came out. I have hope that it's a my favorite kind of thing and not favorite, but my enjoyable kind of genre with things and things that I feel and characters that I like. This is the same thing here is the discovery. I I like the, I like generally like the characters. I think the Klingon guy can die, uh, (laughs) Lieutenant love interest. Um, but I I think that, uh, I'm, I liked it. It is not the Trek that I grew up with, but it doesn't have to be. Um, I don't know. I don't think that we'll ever have the Trek we, we grew up with and that's actually okay. Um, I think that the next generation is, I don't know if it holds up to people watching it now. Like if kids watch it, teenagers watched it now, that they would gravitate towards it the way, the way that we did. And that's okay too, just because it's, I mean, next generation was very different from the original series. It's that's our culture moves pretty fast. Exactly. That's a, that's a real good way to think about it. You know, next generation is different than this one. The new Kelvin verse is different than the other one. And it's it's good on Star Trek for evolving that way and and not being stuck in what like the Phantom Menace you know prequels were that oh we must adhere to the same kind of things. Of, of the- yeah, I mean because it's from the beginning the show was sort of heavy social political commentary, right. and you can't you can't uh, you know that has to evolve as the society and and culture and politics change. Right. I, hey, I wanted to comment something that you said about that, too, is that you said it's its own thing. It's got its own feel and its own thing about it. Um, I read here that CBS, who's putting out a couple Trek things that they're going to put out. Uh, the yeah, Picard they're doing a series. lot of stuff. They are. I mean, it, it's their it's their major IP. It's their Star Wars that Disney has. Yeah, well, they're trying to they're trying to get their get their streaming service, get get all access. Right. Going. So so it makes More. sense that they should properly take advantage of it. Um, sure. but they're putting out the Picard series, which I don't even know. And they're putting out 
this Star Trek animated thing, which uh, I don't even know. But the way it those sounds are still is still in early phases. They are, but they're definite things, though. It's it's not one of those like, hey, maybe things. They're definite things, right? Um, but what they're doing with those is they're allowing people to tell their own Star Trek thing. Like this is a feeling that's you know the new Trek has a feel that's different than the old Trek that has a different things. This one could be a like crime procedural type Star Trek universe thing. You know what I'm saying? It's just they're allowing different storytellers and directors to tell to tell their own kind of movie or show in a mm-hmm. Star Trek universe, um, which is right. Could be cool. I mean, it could be great. I know that Disney's thinking about doing the same thing with their their world with Star with Star Wars with the Mandalorian coming out and some of their stuff. So I it, I just think it's a great it's a great future for people who watch entertainment. Yeah, right? I mean, just to just to briefly comment on that on that star wars statement like the just like the world of star trek the world of star wars is huge and i think it's it's got to be so much easier for everyone involved to just tell a different story like solo was not amazing probably in the in the list of the three off main story films it's probably at the bottom of that list but i liked it It was good i mean i liked it better than last jedi which is not so much <laughs> but like like there's so Hashtag much better than last jedi <laughs> there's so much baggage in the main story like you have to try and try and please all the people and you know there are plenty of fans who are are even less reasonable than i am about it i'm not even really a a super star wars fan so um but yeah just there's there's a whole there's a whole verse out there tell tell some other stories well you you know what's it's kind of people it's understated that people need to pay more attention to people being like major disney executives is mm. that the reason that like every single star wars fan will tell you that the clone wars uh cartoon rebels and um uh, the new one that's out i heard is is loved by fans why are they loved by fans well because they're they're stories in the universe that don't have to do with the main story they don't have to do with vader and they don't have to do with skywalkers but they still kind of do like those characters are still in there you saw Mm -hmm. leia in some of this stuff and you see anakin in there but but they're not necessarily that's not it's all these side characters and the stuff that's happening in the world that's you know darth maul has a huge series you know series where it's all about him Mm-hmm. That, that's like you said it's stories in this great world and those uh, animated things on on uh, in the star wars universe have been widely widely successful and loved by all of the star wars fans so make those into movies and i think with the mandalorian hopefully they'll they're going to make it a tv series and they'll see that this is popular and you know put, let one of these other movies breathe into a new yeah. life in the star wars world but star trek's doing it too so right and and they have i mean voyage like next generation and ds9 ran at the same time and then ds9 ran at the same time as uh as voyager yeah and they, and they DS9 discovered was that a different thing right like it's a whole different thing than what was usual for star trek right yeah and i mean voyager was a little closer to um next generation it was almost closer to the original series than next generation because they were um 
you know, out of contact and all of that kind of stuff. Well, the best thing about that series was that it was they took a great big chance on saying something that's not Enterprise. And right. That that a was new ship. Bully for yeah. them, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I don't know. It, I I have been. This is one of the things I like to say officially online and to everywhere. Put it record that I am elated to live in the age that I live in. That I, that every day I live in the future. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that living in the future. That I, all of my wonderful fan fantasies came true with movies that could could be Transformers, Lord of the Rings, Spider Man, Marvel movies are done better than I could have ever imagined into real things. And seeing things like Star Trek and Star Wars come back through is, and every year is something new and awesome to, to watch and love. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for discovery. That comes back down to, I'm excited for discovery because I love what it is. You know? Um, Hey, so can we go back to the topic that you mentioned? How did you feel about that? Uh, that, that little short from the Star Trek. Oh yeah, we didn't even get to that. We really, <laughs> we really got off topic there. Um, I mean, I was getting ready to pivot to the next thing. No, um, yeah, go, go back to that. So it, it's Tilly. It's, it's Tilly. She's telling. She's got a little story here. It's Tilly, and they do they do something that um, Star Trek very rarely does. They're you know, in a in a way that I think Battlestar Galactica does to great effect. But they like Star Trek tries to still have a lot of tech, but but also ignore all of the basic physics and not even physics, but all of the issues with, with space travel, um, you know, artificial gravity just always works. Uh, universal translator just always works unless somebody wants to speak Klingon for some reason to make a joke or a greeting or something, then the translator doesn't work. It's like, are we supposed to believe that every Klingon is speaking English all the rest of the time? Um, oh, whatever. I, I, I love, I love that, that point, that little thing that she did there in, in that thing where she put the communicator out and did the universal translator. Yeah. That was yeah. cool. It's a thing that I've seen in like, uh, not fan fiction, but like novels. When I was younger, I'd read Star Trek paperbacks and stuff and they would do some of that kind of stuff um, that the show never does. Well, they, they, they need to, I think that, that, that little scene right there where she puts it out and does that little move is just exactly what they need to do every once in a while to say that, like, cause every, every fan knows that that's what's happening, right? It's the little right. worm that, that they put in your ear and Hitchhiker's and, Guide. That, and every like, fan also knows that the, the world is set up the way that it was or the way that it is based on the technical limitations of special effects. Right. right, but like they could not do spacewalks in the sixties. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess they could have with wires and stuff, but yeah. they didn't know what astronaut suits were going to look like. They didn't know, you know, um, the original Star Trek was made before we went to the moon. Right, which is crazy. Right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, n- now that now that the special effects have made almost anything possible, um, you know, they can do stuff like the things they do in the movies where characters jump out of a ship into the, into another ship and, you know, all of this crazy, more realistic physics kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. It's very cool. Yeah. So, so did you, what, what did you like about this? It's been a while. I bet since you've seen this one, this was to, to kind of little recap here, yeah, uh, an alien get, escapes on board the discovery. Um, 
it's uh, a crazy creature. It's really well done alien, like humanoid alien with a whole culture, but seems wild alien when you first meet her until mm-hmm. he discovers her. There's a great interaction with only the character of Tilly could do and lightheartedly kind of, you know, befriends this, this alien <laughs> and you, who, who eventually you find out is a heir to the throne princess to her, her kingdom runaway, you know, teenager. Um, yeah. And can turn invisible, which again makes it in, makes it alien. I thought that this was such a great Star Trek story. I mean, I think the internet agrees because they they love this. Uh, um, and hopefully, <laughs> the we bar have more is high for the for the remaining. So they're doing these fifteen minute episodes. They're releasing one a month, and I think by the time they get all four, I think they're only four. By the time they get all four of them out, uh, they'll be ready for season two. Yeah, which, which is, if which is they're cool. this quality. I mean, they're going to be great. Yeah, they've set the bar high. But as I've said before the last couple of weeks, months, it's it's really interesting to me to see content creators experimenting with the... the I mean, just like they can do things with special effects, now the, the, the way that content is distributed now means they can do different crazy things that weren't... Um, uh, weren't possible before. I mean, it's it's not that new. I mean, back when Lost was on, they were doing things like cross promotions and like things with their website to sort of spoil or not give hints, whatever about their story, because yeah. people still thought that that show was going to have a good ending. But <laughs> you, you know what it is? It takes the, it, it. The honestly, it comes down to the love of the of the characters, the piece, and the work. Um, recently, sure. Uh, this small relevant tangent here, but it's going to be very quick. <laughs> uh, recently, Deadpool two is going to to put out a um, a PG thirteen version on Blu ray that you can buy so that you can watch it if you don't watch the hard R version. Um, hmm. And it has a lot of new scenes to it, and they cut out parts that are you know a lot of curse words and things that don't fit. And but the thing, the reason they how much do Deadpool like, is left after you <laughs> right after you take it off, evidently enough. Um, okay, okay. But the, the the thing, the reason, the way they can do this is because Ryan Reynolds loves the character so much and loves doing it so much. Sure. He totally, he's like, they throw him at eye. He's like, yes, I'm going to come in and I'm going to put my costume in on Tuesday and we're going to do this. Right. <laughs> and, and that's, that's why they can do things like, like Star Trek discoveries because these little shorts is because you have actors who are like, I want to do this for I, this. I love this job. I love these characters. I want to do this. I want to get out our, our show faster if we could. So I'm going to come in and do a short and I'll definitely do that. Like Tilly, the actress for Tilly and whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to, this is extra stuff beyond their contract. They make little contracts for, you know, that they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll totally do it. Sure. Sure. Um, because they have that love for the, for the show and it makes the, or the, when you mentioned lost, the people who do the websites and you know, like, Hey, let's do this. Yeah. I'd love that. You know, it's got to have somebody who, who has a passion for it and they, they, they green light it and they run with it. Yeah. So yeah. That, that means that the source material has got some, some love behind it. So this, Definitely. this next season has, Definitely. has Spock in it, by the way, are you, are you okay with seeing a, a young Spock? Young Spock. Is it, is it not Zachary Quinto? It's not Zachary Quinto. Oh man. I know. I, I, I watched the trailer and they show him the actor guy, but he's evidently a major character. And season two, are you? How do you feel about that? Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, it, I've. I've said. I don't know if I've said this on the show, but 
um, people, you know, people have big internet reactions when celebrities pass away. And for me, the only one of those, at least so far, was Leonard Nimoy. Um, I... This may come as a surprise because I've I've mellowed in certain ways as I've gotten older. It's part of the reason that I am so, uh, like almost actively laid back about things. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 a person who, in my, when I was younger, I, would, I had a very short temper, and I can get very emotional about things fairly easily. Mm-hmm. And so, something about a character who had complete control over his emotional expression just really um, was appealing to me when I was, when I watched that show. It just resonated with you well. Yeah. I really got into it at like 15, 16, 17. It's like right in that age when you're, um, you know, emotionally unstable. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Everything's going Um, crazy. Everything's intense. And, you know, I, he stuck around like unlike the other actors i mean a couple of them have passed but like you know william shatner is kind of a is kind of a joke and his character was kind of a joke i mean i shouldn't say that you know he's 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 comedic now he's comedic now yeah that's what i'm that's what i mean to say um and but he was the one who who stuck around, who kept playing his character in, in the, in next generation and, you know, did those, did those scenes in the movies. Um, I read his, his second autobiography. Um, I am Spock. Um, and so it was, you know, when he, when he passed, it was a, a little bit emotional, you know, it's not like I wasn't devastated or anything. He was, advanced years but right. but um, you felt it you felt that there was like oh there's a real a loss kind of in the and world. so i mean i don't know i don't know really my point with that except to say that um in the in the canon of star trek spock is at the top of my list of characters that i mm, care the most about i guess sure no that makes sense um well that's going to be touchy then for next season because he he is a a major character which means that they're going to I mean, it's kind of scary. It's got to be scary, right? Because they could change what Spock is. Who knows, right? And and all of that to say, I I was fully on board with Zachary Quinto's Spock. Like I, he played that very well. I had no problem with them, you know, uh, um, showing the relationship between him and Uhura that was that was only hinted in the original series. Yeah. Um. You know, aside from I didn't. I didn't really care for the Wrath of Khan switch in um in Into Darkness. That yeah. whole that whole story was kind of poorly handled. It was sort of fan service done poorly. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we'll see. I'm 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 interested to see what they do with that. I haven't aside from watching this short, I haven't seen any of the promotional materials for season two. Well, so Well Spock uh, Spock is this is the the most interesting thing here that, that could be a change for someone like you who who does who does see that who does see that Spock is is like a, a thing for them is that it, this is pre pre Kirk Spock this is right. Captain Pike Spock that he's with him so it's it's a uh, before he even gets into that kind of you know exploring his his humanity type thing so it'll be 
I don't know. You it's, know, it's, I bet it can be um, dangerous. I don't know how much how much time has passed in this story from Enterprise. Like oh, I'll I bet you know. they I'll bet you they could bring Scott Bakula in for a cameo, but that might be he, too much. He would much. be older. He'd he be would older. Have, yeah, I don't I don't know if he's like if it's like. 30 or 40 years after or if it's like 100 years after i don't know but that would be great honest to god because if it's 100 years they'd have to like recast to paul or something and yeah because all the humans would be dead right but 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 that would be great because as much as flack as that show gets and i think it's mainly because of the theme song is that i thought (laughs) enterprise was passable it was serviceable Um, i watched all of it i don't remember hardly any of it i remember the ending being lame and they yeah, had that crossover next or uh, original series uh, two parter that just got dropped, and I was like, "Yeah, that's so much potential." Yeah, it it, it is. What it, but but anyway, that that would be that's a neat idea though, to to yeah. put a Archer in there. So. Maybe anyway, Discovery coming out soon. That we'll we'll definitely watch that. That'll be uh, we'll we'll geek out on our Star Trek stuff like we did hardcore last year. Yeah, there are four more of these. The next one's in like ten days, so it'll be at least a, a you know couple more weeks before we see that and. We'll see how the, how the rest of them go. Um, in the time we have left, I want to do... I guess this is a good news... A good news segment. Okay. Um, though it's... The, the, the news is a little bit mixed. Um, Let's listen to some good news then. Yeah. I want to talk just a little bit about um, BlizzCon. So that's the big Blizzard, Blizzard convention, convention out in Anaheim. Um, that's makers of world of warcraft warcraft diablo overwatch overwatch hearthstone starcraft heroes of the storm did i miss one did you miss one one every 10 years i think i think i got them all um (laughs) so this is their big conference it's happening this weekend um they do a lot of big uh, um competitive tournaments i watched a little bit of the heroes of the storm tournament while i was eating lunch the other day um, but they do StarCraft tournaments. They do competitive uh, um, hard mode dungeons for World of Warcraft and also Arena. So they do PvE and PvP now. Yeah. Um, all that good stuff. I said a couple weeks ago that um, I I was hoping, expecting that they were going to announce a Diablo 4. Yes. Wait, have you and- had new news? Well, unfortunately, they released a statement that's that's a little bit coy. Uh, the quote says, "Let's see. We know we know what many of you are hoping for, and we can only say that good things come to those who wait, but evil things often take longer. We appreciate your patience as our teams work tirelessly to create nightmarish experiences worthy of the Lord of Terror. While we won't be ready to announce all of our projects." We do intend to share some Diablo-related news with you at the show. Um, hmm. So it's basically what what people are saying is this is like Blizzard's asking people to temper their expectations, which of course is that makes sense. A, that's a thing I say all the time. Um, no, the, you say the, moderate your expectations. What? It's the synonymous. <laughs> um, the the there's the a real Dennis question, quote book that's going to be moderate my expectations moderate your expectations um because the diablo team has the big main stage like right after the opening ceremony or opening whatever it's not yeah. the olympics but whatever it's called oh, um, <laughs> I love and so wait until the olympics 
<laughs> like, and so we do well, for Olympics. the for the for the esports gamers it is. Um right. and but they don't know. We're like, what is it what is it gonna be? Like we already know that they're releasing Diablo on the Switch, like that's gonna that's gonna come out also this weekend, I think. Wait, didn't um, we say didn't we say something about a Diablo show or something on Netflix? And a Diablo show, you're like, maybe that's a big it doesn't feel like a big enough thing. Oh, that could do, be the, that's maybe that's why they're saying temper your expectations. It's just a I show mean maybe, people. but it's it's still it feels like a small thing to have on the big stage. Well, I don't know. Um, so that's that. But I was curious. Um, don't necessarily want to spend too much time on this because I know that you don't. Uh, you're not active in all of their games, just like I'm not um, active in in all of their games. I've played almost no Overwatch, but. Um. And I should have mentioned this before we started recording, but I wanted to hear your like, you probably don't have like what you would call realistic expectations for what you think they would announce at BlizzCon. But if more like, more like, what do you, what would you wish? What's your like wish list for something they would announce or a few things that they would announce? For for Blizzard, uh, Blizzard's a company that that i love i mean i you you love them more than me but just because <laughs> i get angered that they release so slowly um mm. and and just iterations so that being said i the thing i would love to see at a blizzcon announcement is a new game like i would i would love for them to see a new game announced and, i mean and, they have they have teams working on something whether any right. of that is is ready to announce so what um what kind of game would you would you want to see? Oh man! Like, could you imagine Blizzard getting into a, a proper RPG? Like, I'm not hmm. saying that's the thing to get, but or or an like a single player RPG. Game. Say, say again. Like a single player RPG. Yeah, like a single player RPG. I don't know what that would be, but hmm. they've got so many things. Their their world and their story is so huge and amazing. That they could totally do like a Dragon Age type thing, but in I mean, they do a lot of they do a lot of story, even in their properties that are not story. Like they put story into Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm, right? But um, but I don't, you know what? Honestly, though, I don't think that that's what that they would do. I think that if it's Blizzard, if they're going to do a new game, they're going to do what they did with Overwatch, and they're, they'll go an entirely different genre. They'll go a different genre that you wouldn't expect, and they'll do a different. Um, what's the word for it uh, like sci-fi is a type of thing and then first person shooters and things. they'll do a different mm. those are genres one's a gameplay genre and one's a, a like a yeah like they're two the, the two products that are the most similar are heroes of the storm and starcraft because hots is built on the starcraft engine but they're completely different experiences what y- yes yeah I, yeah i guess i guess that's right yes um and and uh you know, Diablo is a fantasy thing, and StarCraft is a sci-fi thing. Sure. Um, and one's a real-time strategy, and one's an action adventure. And then, and then Overwatch is a first-person shooter, for Pete's sake, comic book type thing. Mm-hmm. So, th- I mean, they mostly sci-fi. Mostly sci-fi, and then WoW is an MMO thing, but still fantasy. What it is, right? Fantasy. Um, but it's Warcraft. So anyway, th- I I think that if it was Blizzard and they're doing something new. What I'd love to see them do is, yeah, do what they did with Overwatch. They were hugely successful. I love that game. Uh, I I would still I'd still walk upstairs right now and play it because it's just easy to pick up and play. <laughs> and they do the Blizzard treatment on it. And I'd mm-hmm. love to see a Blizzard treatment on a new game. Oh, how great would that be? Because 
they do they don't I don't think they innovate. They just I've said this forever, they evolve the genre of whatever they choose to the best. And yeah. They they pick all of all of the things that are terrible uh, of a genre, they throw it out and make the fun parts. So yeah, I yeah. what would make I love it... to see at Blend at BlizzCon? Something new from them that's a whole new take, just like they did Overwatch. What um what kind of what kind of platform do you think? Do you think they they branch out into mobile a little more? Do you think they do more oh, with consoles? Man, I, that that would not be it because they would not say temper your expectations. I think if they went into mobile, that well, would be a huge the, thing. The the temper expectations thing is just from the Diablo team. Oh, well, true. So it could be could be something new like they're the new wow expansion just launched so the the wow announcement is not going to be big it's going to be you know maybe a raid or something um like that yeah. a more, well you know just you know like paladins the game paladins did a mm-hmm. uh, um let me see i think i think it's paladins did did a um a mobile version of their game and it was really good uh it's paladin strike is what it's called it's it's really well done and very playable um hmm. So and it's a it's a in competition with Overwatch, so it's that that genre whatever or being able to take their stuff and putting it into mobile is a definitely a doable thing. Blizzard, am I right in saying besides Hearthstone, Blizzard hasn't done mobile? They they've done apps for um for WoW. They had an Armory app for a long time, and then the last uh, two expansions have the like send followers out on on missions thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so they they have that, but that's you know it's a companion app. It's mm. the I mean the mobile question is really you know is really part of that kind of dream. I mean we were talking in the in the group chat earlier today about how the the app store is just filled with so much garbage. I mean, and we've garbage. talked about this on the show. Garbage. Um, but Blizzard, like you know, and we've talked about free to play. Like Blizzard is one of the players in that space that has managed to do free to play well um because their games are fun um and and they don't do pay to win you know they they steer clear of that and so i would love to see them really nail like anything in the space i think uh scott johnson once suggested um maybe them doing a a turn-based strategy thing like um like fire emblem i mean the right that that mechanic is great it was just the the game itself had so much jrpg garbage with the stars and the upgrades and all of that kind of stuff that made the game itself boring you you know what blizzard could do blizzard could be the one person that could shake up the entire mobile platform by making a real game um Mm. we we you and i and several of our friends have talked about you know i want to play a game and pay for it you know, I want to pay pay money for a game and not do this this mobile thing. Which, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and right now and I'm going to swipe up here and I'm going to buy Stardew Valley. <laughs> I'm going to do that because I'm supporting the idea of on a mobile platform buying ten dollars or below or whatever it might be for a full game and not having to pay to win. Um, are you um are you set up so that your daughter can play that if you hate it? Uh, yes, with your accounts and family whatnot, share that. She um, she may she may enjoy that more than you do, but okay. Well, the, 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 the idea is that Blizzard could come in and put, dear God, don't put Diablo on mobile. Don't put, don't transfer <laughs> their current games in there. But they could, could put a full-fledged $20, 10 to $20 game 
and make it a real game. I I would they put it on them, but I'd say ten dollars is a good thing. And they could put out and say it's not you know pay to win like Nintendo did. Nintendo went into the mobile genre and said let's do pay to win slash you know microtransactions like everyone else does in the world, mm-hmm. and their games got rolled. You know, their Mario Run and you know Fires of Heaven. Uh, Dragalia Lost. They're they're mm-hmm. fine games, but they're just normal kind of entries into the system that's normal. But Blizzard could come in and make a fantastic game, and it's Blizzard, and all of a sudden everybody realizes that oh, I can charge ten dollars for my game if it's a good game. If it's good, and, if it's fun, and yeah, right. Mobile is not just garbage games, <laughs> and Blizzard could change the world with that. They really, really could, and I th- and, that would be great. And it's hard to say as far as monetization, like which way they would go, because in the last year they made StarCraft II free to play, although that game's like ten years old now. Um, you know, Heroes of the Storm is free to play, Hearthstone is free to play, but Overwatch is not. So they're like. They're trying different things depending on different, um, um, you know, what whatever works best for the platform. I mean, Overwatch is a game that is more console friendly than any of their other titles. So it sort of makes sense that they're like, I don't, you can't really do free to play on consoles. So um, they couldn't do it free to play on PCs and then have a disc price, a box price on the on the console version that would have been strange so right, who knows right. so so who what do you, what would you like what would you love to see from a blizzard announcement that's you know pie in the sky blizzard your, your company putting something out for an announcement um and it's hard to say i have so many things that like like i try and i'm like oh that is not as much fun as i as i thought it would be um i reinstalled uh a city skylines last week which is a a game i bought on steam when it was relatively new and played the heck out of it but i'm like i i can get sucked into it while i'm playing it but it at the end of the day is still just it's just kind of (laughs) boring um i definitely like like the idea of of a mobile game i don't know what exactly that would look like um some kind of turn-based strategy i mean it would be it would be cool if they did um some like a like a turn based rpg um like Just don't the old make classic it like fires of whatever fire is it fire emblem heroes or can't what that was called or dragalia Which, lost where you level up well, cards Dra- and you level up yeah all the cards stuff. i'm just i'm just think like i'm a i'm taking it as red that blizzard is not going to do any of that garbage and i'm garbage. i'm trying to, i'm trying to say what like what actual gameplay loop um, I would want to play because they have cards, they have action RPG, which uh, Dragalia is, is action RPG, um, and I I think like a turn based thing could be could be good, like um, XCOM or uh, something like that. I wonder I wonder if that works. Most of the things that works well and makes the most amount of money on a, on a mobile platform are, are the the one to two minute games or the five minute games. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's a that's it's a tricky, tricky like Hearthstone is very long for a mobile game. Like the matches take a long time. Um but Heroes of the Storm is very fast compared to League of Legends or the other MOBAs out there. Yeah. Um 
So you know what they, go ahead. Go ahead. I say, like, you know what they could do? They could wreck the world by putting out a uh, uh, what's that game Trotsky plays all the time? Clash Royale. Clash Royale, but Hearthstone mode. Not Hearthstone, but uh, Heroes of the Storm. War, Starcraft. Warcraft. No, Heroes of the Storm type thing, like where they mm, where they cross they, like all of the units are are full cross. I mean, I've played. Um, which one was that? The Star Wars one. Yeah, uh, right. Force Alliance or something like that. I forget what that one. I I know it's not Galaxy of Heroes. That's the that's the turn based combat one. Right. Um, though that wasn't bad either. It's just when you're your uh your like grind and and loot box system is so arduous that you have to put an autoplay in your game. Oh like yeah. the the game is probably bad. Like there's not enough game to to carry people's interest to grind all that stuff out and now they have to they have to pay you. Um but, but, but they but, had but Blizzard they could had do one it, that Blizzard was could a, do it right. Yeah, they had one that was like a hybrid of Clash Royale and a MOBA where you ran around as a hero but still spawned units in the lanes. Um, And they could do something like that. I feel like Starcraft is the right theme for that. If they're not making a new, um, making a new IP or doing the heroes style, something from everywhere though, the, the, the mashup of, of um, doing something from everywhere, like heroes would be, would be cool. You know what? Yeah. Like a, like clash Royale. Here's the storm. Here's crazy, uh, crazy pie in the sky. What if they do a console uh, single player RPG based on the Lost Vikings? <laughs> the lo- that, that, now that's a fanboy. That's a fanboy request. That, right that's there. super. I was just thinking about random stuff that's in Heroes of the Storm. Lost Vikings are in there. That, that's definitely uh, fanboy. There's no, stuff. There's the, no the way. The fact that's that Lost happening. Vikings is in Heroes of the Storm is probably the only bait that you're ever going to, or only like you know food you're going to get for feeding the sharks. Yeah, yeah. On that one. How do those guys play, by the way? I don't want to spend any time, but that, I saw those things. Well, they're they're one of the the heroes has the thing where they they do crazy heroes like like a normal game would never do. Like there's a two headed ogre that you literally play with another person. Yeah, right. And um, this one is like you swap out characters, right? Like in the middle. Yeah, you control all three of these guys, and that you basically you in a MOBA you use. Q, W, E, and R for your abilities. Um, but the Vikings have also the numbers, one, two, three, and four. And whichever one, like one of those buttons is like select all. And then the other three control the individual Vikings. Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, they when when they were free, because that's what Heroes does, like, a selection of heroes are free every week. You don't have to unlock them. Um, When they were free, I played them up to level five where you get um, 500 gold for getting a hero to level five. Um, And it was like, it was just mentally exhausting to play. (laughs) Like moving these guys around. Cause yeah, you can keep them all together, but then what's even the point? What you really want to do is, put in, in a in a normal three lane map you put one of them in each lane like hiding in the grass you you control one in the middle and now your whole team can stay in the middle and push while you're still soaking xp in the top and bottom lanes or whatever That's crazy 
um but it's like not you have to pay attention to the whole map and um yeah, it would make my mind melt because they're you know they're not they're individually weak um to yeah, balance that right. out but well anyway that's anyway that, yeah it'd be it'd be cool what to see when, when is blizzcon happening now uh it starts friday uh, yeah i think it starts friday Oh, so people listening to this will actually know all of the, the big announcements. Yeah, you know, yeah. By the time all, this comes out, then full of crap. That like, oh, they didn't know anything, or they then, totally called it. Yeah. And then next week we'll uh, next week we'll talk about whatever they announce. And uh, all right, so I, I got I, I got some some happiness for Blizzard. I, I think that uh, <laughs> that you know it's funny that they have BlizzCon. I think BlizzCon is a funny thing because they they used to do it at like E three and do all their announcements and stuff, and then they pull. They were a big thing about pulling out of E3 and stuff, doing their own mm. convention. They do um, still, yeah, I mean, they do still make announcements at other conventions. I mean, they had a booth at Gen Con for some reason. Um, right. I mean, I was glad they were there, but it they don't, you know, none of their board games are, are that great. Um, right, they, but, but they, but they, <laughs> they saved funny, their big but... stuff for, for BlizzCon, which I, of I, I always thought that it was weird that they would make their own convention, but, you know... G- they got enough, and they got enough people, especially with the WoW thing. Um, oh yeah, I mean they fill up that, you know, they fill up that town. It's it's crazy, right? And they so, and they so they cool. do their big they do their big tournaments as part of it too, which helps. Though most of that is happening like this week, and then the big, the big Super Bowls will happen at the actual event, right? Well, that's uh, and that's a lot. We covered like a tons of grounds. We went Star Trek this week. We went Blizzard, movies. <laughs> Did we get comic books in there at all? Man, jeez. Uh, Star mean, Wars. You... We even we even beat on the Last Jedi today. So that's great. <laughs> that's a win today. So a uh, so a good a good full week of front porch in the can. <laughs> that's right. It's always a win when you put their in Last the, Jedi in down the, in the bag in the bank. Whatever that expression is. Hey, when 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 is the next one supposed to come out? Have they finally slowed it down, and the next Star Wars comes out next year? Well, I mean, they released Solo early, so I don't think, I don't think the next one comes out till like fall two thousand nineteen, unless oh, well. they've moved it to spring and it comes out spring of two thousand nineteen. I don't know. Well, so so then we something that's got to stop us from you know incessantly bashing on that last movie. So. Hmm. Give us hope. I mean, it has like plenty of bad movies come out, but it has to be a movie that had high hopes that were, <laughs> were dashed. At least it's not uh, the Last Jedi, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode sixty-two. Special thanks to our friends, even though they, for some reason, liked Last Jedi. Over at Geek Scholars <laughs> Movie News, uh, if you want hear uh movie reviews film headlines uh in glorious podcast form as our buddy fox says uh check them out geek scholars movie news if you are interested in role-playing or star trek or michael and i and our friends doing star trek role-playing which is exactly Mm -hmm. what our other show is uh you can check out our other show klingons and dragons um that airs Every other Wednesday, it's supposed to be. I'm mostly keeping up with that schedule. The, and I will say, last week's was something else. <laughs> that won't probably air for another month or two. But holy cow! Oh yeah, it's way the the 
production uh, lead time on that is, is good. I, I have to there, there are some episodes where I don't even know what's going on. And, and Dennis <laughs> knows that as well. So. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, if you have questions or comments or topic ideas uh, for the show, you can email us at frontporchpod at gmail.com or head over to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. We've got contact forms. Uh, you can hit us up. Let us know. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, we appreciate that. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Good night, everybody. Night, everybody. Happy Halloween. Be gone with you. Ha, 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 ha.